Hey, Uncommon Leaders, welcome back. This is the Uncommon Leader Podcast, and I'm your host, John Gallagher. So on today's episode, I interview Bob Wheatley. Bob is an author, podcaster, and a formal professional baseball player in the St. Louis Cardinals and Toronto Blue Jays minor league system. Bob's work has been featured on nationally syndicated radio, and as an author and content creator, Bob has a passion for helping young Christians grow closer to God and experience the love and connection they are missing. Today, Bob and I discuss his soon-to-be-released book, Our Heart's Desire, How Our Stories Reveal the Things We Want Most. I think you're going to be riveted to what Bob has to share. Be sure to listen all the way through, and I'll give you a chance to get a free copy of Bob's book. Let's get started. Bob Wheatley, welcome to the Uncommon Leader Podcast. It's so great to have you on the show and fun to get a chance to catch up with you. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. It's great seeing you. Thanks so yeah, much for having yeah, me on. This will be fun. Too. This will be fun. I'm looking forward to it, learning more about you and about your book that's coming out as well. So I always ask my first-time guests the same question, though, and it's something I think it'll feed right into the story, I'm sure. But I ask you to tell our listeners a story from when you were young or from your youth that still impacts who you are today. Yeah. Difficult question to What I ultimately came to, knowing that question was coming... I was a was a professional baseball player for a couple of years after school, but I always saw myself as a football player. I played football in high school as well. I was a quarterback of the team, and I just loved football. I think there's something – it's almost like militaristic. It's, it's so much of a team game, whereas baseball – I mean, yes, there are team – you know, nine players on the field, all that stuff. But in terms of the culture, football is not even close – to baseball in terms of how we interact with each other as far as the team. And I just so align with football where it's the the team mentality, first one in, last one out, hard work pays off. That's how I'm wired. And so as, as far as the story, my senior year of high school, I was the starting quarterback on the football team. I did to USC as a baseball player. So I knew it was my last year mm. in football, no matter what. Even still, I just love the game. And so the third game of the season, I ended up separating my shoulder, got sacked, you know, landing on it. And I probably could have come back by the end of the season, but it was one of those fringe injuries where we just, you don't really know. I'm committed to one school as far as why it impacted me. It's something that I really wanted that was somewhat taken away from me. And you know, I got hurt in the third game. We had another seven or eight, whatever it was. And I basically became the offensive coordinator, quarterback coach, you know, 12th man in the huddle in practices and games. And I was so impacted by this at the banquet at the end of the year. Our coach, who was just an amazing, an amazing leader, he gets up and he talks about me. And it's like, how do you talk about a guy that played two and a half games? You know, there's not a lot of stats there. There's not a lot of a lot of material. But he said, how do you have a guy like Bob, who was already a 10 out of 10 leader? And then how does he become an 11 mm. when he's not the one in the spotlight? 
And it's, it's kind of difficult for me to tell that story because as you know, uh, you know, I write about it in my book. I don't think we're supposed to be the hero of our own story. I think that's usually a bad policy if you're telling stories and you're always the hero. But for that man, for my coach, who if he said I was an 11 out of 10 as a leader, I mean, he must have been a 20. Like he just, he, he mm. just far past outweighed any leader I, I've ever been around. For him to say that about me at 17 or something, it, it taught me even though you have negative circumstances or even though your story doesn't go the way that you want it to, it's not over. It can still be used to your ultimate good, the team's ultimate good. And so, yeah, it's a, it was a tough season because I love football. I wanted to play with my guys. I'll never forget that moment when he praised me publicly for for how I handled that. It's been so impactful to me. Well, and you had you likely had so many opportunities not to handle it that way in that story. So, Bob, congratulations on that. And what I love about that story as well, you know, the 11 out of 10 is impactful in and of itself when somebody recognizes that. When you have a leader that you would recognize that has had an impact on you, someone you'll remember for a long time, I and mean, that was a long time ago, it 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 molds you and it's something that impacts you. And when I talk about uncommon leadership, that really is the definition of that. Somebody who has that impact that you end up writing about you know, in your book. And frankly, hey, that's actually what we're here to talk about today. And I can't wait to dive into it. I've had some fun going through it and reading it. Our hearts desire how our stories reveal the thing we want most. So, Bob, this is coming out real soon. We're going to have an opportunity to talk about it today. But first of all, congratulations on, on writing this book. And I'm curious. You know, ultimately, the process of authoring a book is an arduous path. Okay, tell me about you know why you ended up writing this book and and what that process was like for you writing it. Yeah, no kidding on it being arduous. If I wanted to do something easier, I'd write a song, a poem, not a two hundred page book. But it's been it's been so worthwhile. It's been such a fulfilling, rewarding thing for me. And I feel like I am naturally gifted in terms of writing. It's something that I have been trying, dipping my toes in for a couple of years. And I had started and stopped on a couple of different books. I had always been a reader and I started with journaling and stuff like that, you know, paragraph here, paragraph there. And then those wheels had just started turning. So a paragraph turned into a page, turned into a chapter and there were, like I said, there were a couple books that stopped and started. They just didn't have the legs to take it all the way. But as far as this book, I, I'm i a Christian. My faith is extremely important to me. It's the most important thing to me. And at the time, I had been studying story, like storytelling, world building, creating characters, all things story. And I have a mentor here in Nashville. He and I have read the Bible in a year every year for the last five years. Like I moved to town 2018, met him right then. He's like, Hey, I want to challenge you. You say this is important. All right, well, let's get in God's word together. And so I've read the Bible cover to cover five years in a row. That doesn't make me an expert. I would never pretend like I am, but that does mean I'm constantly reminding myself of the story that God says he has written for us. And so it was like in this moment, and I was in the first chapter of my book, John, where I'm reading a science fiction novel and, you know, it's 
you have the hero, the villain, the love interest to be saved. You're at the end of the book and he wins the girl's heart and then the, the enemy loses. And in that moment, when it was the 100th, 1000th time that I've heard that story just with a different name and face, I'm like, what, what is this? Is it about this story, the hero, the villain, love interest to be saved, paradise lost, paradise restored? Why do we keep telling that story? Is it simply because it puts butts in seats and people can stream the show that they create? Or is there something more? And so when I looked at the Bible that I was constantly reading day after day and zoomed out, it was that exact story. It was the hero, villain, love interest to be saved. You start in paradise. Undone, And then all of human history, or so the Bible says, is God trying to restore that paradise. And then you look at the heart of humans, and that's what we want as humans as well. Like It's that same desire for paradise. If you look at any of our social initiatives, and it, it doesn't matter on what side of the aisle you're on. I think we all have that same goal. We just want to live in paradise. Mm. Like w- What an awesome goal. I think it's it's written on our hearts. And that's why we tell these stories where, you know, you have paradise, it's undone. You asked how the book came about. It was like my right brain and left brain just talked one day. It was the guy who was reading the Bible, constantly reminding myself of the story that God has written. And then on a micro level, the stories that we tell in Hollywood and novels and Broadway and and all that. Bob, I I love this. And I want to come back to that moment here. So think about that because I want to ask you, I'm going to share this with you, how we're aligned. So for the last two years, I've read the Bible all the way through and I've done that for the first time. And I'm much older than you are. So I hadn't gotten that jumpstart on that process, but I got to tell you, I'm going through this year, the New Testament in a year, because I wanted to slow down. I didn't want to just check the box. I wanted to read and learn a little bit more as to what was happening there. And as I started reading this book, I'm like, come on, John, why didn't you see this with regards to that story all the way through that the, you know, the hero, the enemy and the love interest that is, and we'll get a chance to go a little bit further into that, but I love you sharing how they came together. Do you recall that day that, 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 that was the, it was like, it hit you like that is the story that was written before. Like, this is just like the books that we read today, science fiction novels, the movies that we watch. In fact, I know uh, you picture in some of the literature that you sent me that you reference over 30 movies in the book that you recognize the story. What was it about that? And do you remember the time that it hit you that said, man, this is it? Yeah, of course. I mean, that that's literally chapter one of the book where I'm you know, reading this science fiction novel, the hero wins the girl's heart. And I'm not going to give away too much. You know, I, I didn't have that experience. In my life, there was a girl that I had been waiting on and I had pursued and she had said no. And then when this hero, this fictional hero in a science fiction novel won the girl's heart, I was just distraught. So I'm like angry at God. God, why didn't you let me be that for her? Why didn't you let me win her heart? Why didn't you let me be the hero? And then it was like in instantly in that moment, I knew, All right, well, I'm got it. I'm not the hero of this story. Like I am not the protagonist, this desire that I have, because in that moment when she said no, and then in the novel, the fictional love interest said, yes, there was, there was like a, 
like a war in my heart where I was like, well, hold on, Th- this is right, where she is supposed to say yes, they are supposed to be united and together. Why did I not have that? Slash, why do I have this desire? Like, I, I, it's not just the, oh, I'm overly romantic and like, this is how it's supposed to be. Like, no, this is a deep rooted thing. I believe this is, this is something that I I want. I want that restoration. I want perfect relationship. I want, I mean, paradise really. So yeah, in that moment I knew, all right, well, great. This is the first book that I know I will finish because I could see the end from the beginning. Like, okay, this story of scripture, the Bible, follows the exact archetype, this this love story journey that most of our movies, novels, plays follow, except it was written 2,000 years ago by dozens of different authors mm-hmm. on you know three different continents. Like there wasn't any, they didn't collude with Hollywood, right? It's just a, it's a, when you look at our movies, whether it's the Hunger Games, the Dark Knight, Saving Private Ryan, there's all these moments, these motifs in the story where as humans, we just like, we jump out of our seat. We're like, yes, this is right. This is true. I believe in this. I want this. And I, and it sounds like you, John, as the person who's reading the Bible, I believe that's where it comes from. We have one creator. He wants us to know him and he wants us to know our story. Absolutely. And he's not going to let up with a no. He's going to keep coming after us. And and I, I just, I love that, Bob. I mean, part of this, you talk about one of the things you said in there was finishing. You know, you're going to finish this book. And one of the things that you talk about inside of this was your book test. And I'd like you to talk a little bit about that book test and what that is to you. And then secondly, as as a finisher to that, and maybe I'm going to ask you to predict something that's not there. Maybe you need to ask me the same question, but what's going to make this book, Our Heart's Desire, pass the book test for others? What is it about this book that's going to pass the book test? Yeah. The, the book test that you're referring to, I have a chapter in the book called Premise. Anytime an author sits down to write a book, he or she has a premise. There's a there's a message. There's a reason why they're sitting down. There's something specific that they're trying to convey. And so, as I open up that chapter called Premise, I just explain. You know, I have I have hundreds of books in in my room, and you know, I'm looking over your shoulders here. You have <laughs> you have a couple hundred there yourself. You're obviously a reader, and compiling all these books that I once read. And for most of them, not all of them, I can look at it and know exactly what that book is about and how it affected my life. And what that means is that the test that you're describing, if a year has gone by and I can tell you what that book is about in one sentence, then that book and that author delivered on their promise. Like it is, it is crystal clear. Like if I think about the compound effect, Darren Hardy. Small decisions over a long period of time create massive results. That's the compound effect. That is the premise of that book. And so, yeah, when it comes to when it comes to my book, you know, my premise is, hey guys, there's a story that's written on our hearts, the hero, the villain, the love interest to be saved. There's a reason. 
It's the story we're living. And then I'll just, you know, use two or three dozen examples from movies and different things that we grew up watching to help people understand, oh yeah, that, that is true. That is true. That is true. So I don't know if that answered your question, John, but that's when, no, when I think about the premise. Yeah. That's, that's why I wrote it that way. Yeah. And so that's, that's what, you know, my hope is, you know, as, as you say that one of the things that I had a leader, a mentor of mine challenged me with this year, this year, because I had talked about not only about reading through the New Testament in a year, slowing down through that, but I also said I wanted to read 24 books as a goal, 24 other books. And he's like, what if you just read 12 great books? Or what hmm. if you went back and reread one or two of the books that have had an impact on you? And this this mentor, this is actually one that I'm going to share this book with. So I've read through Our Heart's Desire. I have a few chapters to finish, but I've read the summary. You've done the, a summary at the end of the book as well. That's very helpful to to get through the chapters. But it's going to be a book I share with him because I believe it's going to pierce him on his faith journey as well. And I look, I know that my audience is aware that I am a man of faith as well, and that the, the type of people that listen in are leaders, the type of people that listen in are family members as well, including my mom and my brother and others. You talk about your mom and dad. But I, I really believe that there's uh, something in this book. Again, from an awareness standpoint, for me, it was powerful. It changes the lens in which I read the New Testament or the Bible going forward in terms of what's there. I mean, I've often taught from a leadership standpoint in situations, people will want to be the hero, the victim, or the villain, the hero, the love interest, or the enemy in terms of what's going through there. And who, you know, they tend to choose who they are. But this is a different story that you're talking about right here that's powerful for leaders to learn that I think you've done a really good job with. Now, again, we've talked about those three. I don't have time on the podcast to talk about all three, but I do want you to talk to me about the parable of the fish master and the story that you had there and and about the enemy or about the bad guy. Do you call that one inside the book? I do. Yeah. That's, that's funny that you asked that. Do not ask me if this is scientifically accurate, but the story, the story is accurate. Like I, I can envision the coffee shop that we were in and you know, the, the, it's in the enemy chapter of the book where basically, you, you know, we, we drop into that chapter and I'm trying to address a major problem that Christians and non-Christians alike have with God. It's the problem of evil. Like, why would God, a good God, a loving God, allow bad things to happen? Why do bad things happen to good people? And so, yeah, the parable of the fish master, I'm sitting in this coffee shop with a, a pastor here in, here in Nashville, and I posed that question to him. Just wanted to see like how he would answer that because I didn't really have a good answer myself. And he goes on to tell this story. He's like, you know, I, I think he had used it in a sermon or heard it in a sermon at, at some point. And the way the story goes, there was this fisherman's paradise, like a, a river or a lake, something like that, fish everywhere. And then the fish, fish population died due to overfishing, like basically just a bunch of people. The word got out, everyone flooded the area and, you know, fished out the waters. And so they hired like a fish stocking company to come in. Hey, let's fix this problem. Let's get more fish in here, fill it up and then leave. And as the story goes, they would just send truck after truck filled with fish. Problem is the fish would die by the time they got to the water source and they just couldn't figure it out. It's like, well, this is weird. I mean, we have the, the temperature in the tank is perfect. They have food. 
why are they dying? And so they end up hiring some fish master, you know, again, this is the parable of the fish master, this fish master guy. And he comes and says, oh, well, duh, you guys are missing it. There's no enemy in the tank because there's no threat. They're not moving. They become lazy, lethargic. And that is why they're dying. All you need to do is introduce a bad guy and then everything will be fine. And so the parable, the moral of that story is even though bad guys, villains, enemies have evil on their mind, their evil intent can still serve the good guys. It can still serve the story as a whole. And it's up to the author of that story to strategically use that enemy for his purposes. So yeah, I I was sitting there in the coffee shop and you know my jaws on the floor as he <laughs> I don't know if he made up that parable and I again I do not know if that's scientifically accurate but <laughs> as far as yeah w- when he said that like I could I could surmise a reason why a bad guy might actually have a good effect on the ultimate story well and you know I, I've had a quote that I've used with leaders before that sounds a little bit like that story is that leaders people leaders will change when the pain of remaining the same is greater than the pain of the change itself. And it reminds me a little bit of that story, okay, in terms of, uh, you know, things happening is that, I mean, it, it's it's okay to just stay the way we are. But when it's actually more painful, when something is introduced to us, that's a bad thing, whether it might be our health, it might be a lot of different things. Again, I might be drawing a bad alignment here with this, but it's a sense of what I hear in that is that we sometimes need a catalyst to get ourselves to make a change. And you know, it's because a lot of people don't want to change. And I go back even again in the, the story of the Bible and how God continued to chase those who were not doing what he was telling them to do and still continuing to come back to them with his love. We do that as parents. We do that as leaders. You know, we do that as family members. Uh, trying to ensure that people stay on the right path. So I think that's pretty powerful. Again, I'm just, I, I, I'm so happy to go through this. I, I looked at all the references to the movies that you had, over 30. There was just a picture in the literature was 30. I mean, have you actually seen all these movies, Bob? I have. Yeah. yeah. Was there one in particular that stood out or well, one that well, I'll, I'll say this, one, one that I recall impacting me even before and that I, that I had in my mind. I'm like, these... Disney movies kind of feel like they've got a faith-based background to them. So it really wasn't about the faith base as much as it was about the story as you talk today, but Lion King was one of them. And I know you mentioned that in yeah. terms of going through that. So whether I watched that one years ago and thought about that, Disney has this, you know, hero, enemy, and love interest down pat in terms of how mm-hmm. they've sold these things for a long time. You can go through the lineup of All the way back to Cinderella, right? I know you mentioned Cinderella and probably the most powerful version of that story that goes on. But Disney, Toy Story, I can remember in terms of going through Disney. And then the other movies for me, and I don't recall it being mentioned, but certainly it's almost a direct correlation like the C.S. Lewis movies. Uh, Mm -hmm. You did mention the Screwtape Letters, the book inside of uh, this book here. So there's just so many things that C.S. Lewis was was spot on. He He was on it as well as an author, and it changed him too. This story changed him, no doubt about it. It's changed me over the past few years. And I know, again, I think this book's going to be one of those ones, Bob, that I keep looking back looking back on that's had an impact on me that I'll read again. So I appreciate that. 
Bob, I just kind of have, if you will, maybe one last question and then about the book itself. And then I have one last uh, podcast question. I always ask guests as well. But when you have folks who read this book, and I'm going to, I want you folks to hang on because after the podcast is over, I'm going to come on and tell you how you can get a free copy of the book from me as well. I'm going to send one out to someone who's a listener. But I want you to tell me, what, what do you want people to take away from this book? What do you want them to feel after they're done reading your book, Bob? Yeah, Lee, I believe that there is already a spark in, in every human. Now, some people over time can choose to walk away from that. But I mean, it says in scripture that God takes no delight in, in punishing people. Like God, if it were up to him, he says, if you seek me, you will find me. There's no, there's no conditions there. Like it is an open door. I stand at the door knocking. And so what I believe is that everyone has that desire, that desire for God, the desire for perfect relationship, the desire for Eden, the paradise we once had. That is why we tell these stories where we return to all of those things and we have that cathartic moment. And so I wrote the book for the person who is open to the things of God, wants to connect with him, but perhaps doesn't know how to do that or where to start. Like, I think it's awesome that you read the Bible the last couple of years. That will not be the case. Like you might be listening to this podcast and you're not the first person that's just going to jump into the King James Bible and, (laughs) and want to do it and get it. Like there's very, very few of those people, which is totally fine. What I believe is when you watch the matrix and you love the story of Neo, or I like what you said about the Lion King. Like, let's look at the Lion King. Let's zoom out. What happens in that story? You begin in paradise with a strong father. There's a separation. Then you have the evil uncle Scar takes over the land. It all goes to hell. Mm-hmm. The son goes off into the wilderness. He's affirmed by his father, comes back, makes all things right. And then, you know, the animals are jumping around. They live together in, in paradise forever. Like it's the Bible. So if I bring it back to the subtitle of the book, our heart's desire, how our stories reveal the thing we want most. I truly believe God is the thing we want most. He is our heart's desire. It's we get it wrong when we start looking in other places, worldly relationships, careers, plans for the future, whatever it is like, no guys, your desire, what you really want is exactly what God wants for you is to be restored to him and live in paradise forever. So that's why, that's why I think we keep telling those stories because that is truly our heart's desire. Uh, I think that's powerful. There's no doubt about it. And again, I think the listeners are going to feel that they're going to feel your passion. They're going to feel it as they read the book. I'm sure they are. And I appreciate your time investing that with us today. I want, uh, really, there's two questions that I'll finish up with, and they're both kind of processed. The first one is, uh, what's the best way for people to stay in touch with you if they want to learn more about Bob Wheatley and about the book? And then secondly, if you will finish with, and and maybe humor me with this a little bit, have some fun with it, but I'm going to give you a billboard, Bob, for for this book as well, and you can put anything on it anywhere, getting a, a message out to the masses about this. What does that one billboard say? What's the message you want to get across and why? 
Sure. Yeah. So as far as keeping in touch or learning more about the project, honestly, the best place to go is just bobwheatley.com. We have everything there for you. We're selling the book on Amazon. You can also buy it on bobwheatley.com. But depending on when you listen to this, I'm actually giving away the audiobook version completely free to anybody that pre-orders. Sounds like we're going to get this show live pretty quickly. So you probably have a couple of weeks before the pre-orders stop. The book officially releases January 24th. So yeah, just go to bobwheatley.com. Of course, you could buy it on Amazon. But then once you order, go back to bobwheatley.com. It's right there on the homepage. Type in your first name, your email, Amazon receipt number, boom, you got the audiobook right away. If somebody was excited, John, I, I just don't want them to wait <laughs> a couple of weeks and yep, you know, awesome. I, I wanted them to have it right we'll, away. We'll so. get this out beforehand. So let's let's make sure they understand that beforehand and I uh, can get that audio version as well. Cool. And and your billboard, you may have answered this already seventy-two times during this podcast, which I know. No, you know. no. Yeah, this is great. I if I were to have a billboard, I would say. And there's so much, so many things that we could do. I would say, I'd keep it simple. I'd say, love God, love people. And I think somebody say like, oh, okay, that, that sounds great. I think the, that first clause, love God, I think we are inclined naturally to kind of gloss over that. Like if you think you're going to church or you pray before me, I was like, oh, I love God. I would challenge anybody that sees that billboard, love God, love people, like do a, do a serious diagnostic on that because I know I love my wife and I think about her all the time. I serve her all the time. Whereas with God, who I say I love, so says the billboard, I really just talk to him for two minutes a day and then for an hour on Sundays. You know, so that would be that would be my encouragement through the billboard. It would also be my challenge. Love God. Love people. I think that's what it's all about. Bob, thank you so much. I've enjoyed this. I really have. I hope you have as well. And I know the listeners are going to find value in it. So I wish you the best on the book release. I can't wait to hear what the next one's going to be because I know you're going to have them. I've already read it in the acknowledgments as well at the back of the book for the next one or two. So Good luck with that as well. And I hope uh, we stay in touch. Okay. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, John. It's been great. So I hope you found Bob's words as encouraging and inspiring as I did. I think Bob's first book is going to be a bestseller. And I think it's one that may pass your book test. Did you enjoy the podcast? And would you be interested in reading Bob's book? One of the things that helps this podcast is reviews from you, the listener. Now that review can help you as well. So do this, take the time to write a review on Apple Podcasts, then take a screenshot of that review and email it to me, john at growingchampions.net with your mailing address, and I'll send a copy of the book to you. You can also learn more about Bob Wheatley at bobwheatley.com. Thanks again for listening in to the Uncommon Leader Podcast and making it part of your personal development journey. Please share this podcast with someone that you know that you thought of when you heard this, Until next time, go and grow champions.